Hello, this is Joe Peters of In the Know of Joe, and I'm about to interview Paul Muir, the executive director of the Red Mill in Clinton, New Jersey. Paul has some very interesting insight as the longtime director of this operation as to the history of the Red Mill and the activities that are coming up in 2023. Please listen in. I think you'll enjoy it. Hello, it's Joe Peters with In the Know of Joe, and I've got on with me today Paul Muir, who is the executive director of the Red Mill, and he's also the current mayor of Bethlehem Township. And uh, Paul and I have talked off and on for the last maybe 10 years since I did Leadership 100. I met him somewhere along the way there, and always good to hear from him. I'm going to let Paul give us a little bit of his background. Sure, Joe. Thanks for having me this morning. Uh, I, I do a lot of different things, I say, and I have fun with, with all of them. So, uh, you know, I'll talk primarily about the Red Mill Museum Village that I have been executive director since uh, 2015 over there uh, as a volunteer beforehand. And then uh, back serving as mayor in Bethlehem Township, we're a township committee, so we rotate. So I've been elected for 12 years. Uh, eight of those have been as mayor. And uh, same thing, I, I enjoy it. The political landscape's definitely changed in 12 years, but I enjoy it. Right. And then uh, outside of that, you know, I have a kind of a varied background. I grew up in the metals recycling business. So we still do that. We do industrial metal recycling. So uh, and, and kind of demolition. So heavy, heavy machinery type of things. Uh, and then I've always had a passion for cars. So uh, I have a small restoration shop. and We have fun with that, too. We, you know, we've won some Antique Automobile Club of America National Awards. We're a Porsche Club uh, Concord judge. And uh, again, something that I'm passionate about and have fun with and uh, love the stories. And that might be kind of the linkage even to the Red Mill because the, uh, the history is really the stories. So we, uh, we, I love those, the stories that connect the cars. I love the stories over at the Red Mill. Uh, and then uh, uh, that's, that's the majority of, of what I do. But, uh, the, you know, in, in all those varied roles, I meet a lot of um, wonderful people, a lot of interesting people such as yourself. And um, that makes it exciting also. And I see you're a graduate of Bucknell. I am. So actually, I, um, I, I lived in Bethlehem Township in Hunter County for 22 years. Uh, so just kind of a quick background. I grew up in Mountainside and Hardy Township, just outside of Marstown. Went to Delbarton in high, for high school and then uh, went to Bucknell. Uh, graduated early, uh, taught in the management department for a little bit and uh, met my wife there. So she was an education Wonderful. major. And uh, we've been together for 27 years now. We're actually going back for your 25th reunion, which sounds like a lot of long time at this point. <laughs> sure does. It sure does. I know uh, Marilyn's son went to Bucknell for his first two years, and his father discovered he could go almost for free in Florida where he lived, and um, he switched over. But he's still got friends today from Bucknell. I remember meeting him there and meeting him uh, ever since. So great school. Great school. It's Pretty great, close. great. Penn State, as a matter of fact, it is. It's a great community, and I do joke because uh, before I had children, I was I was actually president of my fraternity while I was there, and I was the alumni president for eight years after I graduated. I stopped when I had children, so I just couldn't keep going back. But I could never get a hotel room, even in Lewisburg, on certain weekends because if Penn State had a home game, they were about an hour away, forty-five minutes to an right. hour, and people were still booking you know hotels an hour away to get to those games. I remember we went out once to do something and stayed at a hotel. And you're right. It was, it was a normal weekend and we had a hard time. There was just some hotel right on a lake or a pond or something that stayed at like a holiday inn. So the last time I talked to you, we were talking about what was going on at Halloween at the Red Mill and how you had expanded it into having a 
you said you had a three to four hour wait list and you actually had uh, somebody set up a concession outside and have food and drink and whatever. Is that ongoing or was that for it, one time? No, well, the concession stand, uh, I say, changes each year depending on who's uh, what local vendor company is willing to participate with us. But the wait is still three to four hours. And uh, actually, the majority of people attending have switched to online ticket sales. We've really spent a lot of time upgrading a lot of our systems during the pandemic at the Red Mill. So even general admission tickets for regular weekends, you can be purchased online now. Wow. Uh, and then for special events such as the the Haunted Mill, we have the Express Pass, which gets you through a whole lot faster than that three or four hours of the general okay. admission. But they're all online and about 80% of people pre-purchase tickets. Uh, we're looking at next year, maybe even doing some time slots to help out with uh, with those wait times because we want people to enjoy it. But it, and the, the attraction itself, it takes you about an hour to go through. It's definitely... No, nobody's ever come out and said it wasn't worth the uh, the three hour wait, but we still want to make it as uh, my, as easy for people as as it can be. My son and his then girlfriend were up one weekend, and we went through. Norma, who's on your board now, yes. I've worked with her for years. I called her my work wife. She was she was like <laughs> Steve Jobs' story. She said, "Joe, why we can't do this?" You know? <laughs> he was really. A neat person to work with. And when I separated, she's still at Wiker, I'm at Coldwell at this point. Um, she's probably the person I miss the most. So uh, I just appreciate her tons. But my son, they went through that experience. And I remember getting so smoked. And then there was something by your feet. And it was it was really quite an experience. I don't remember waiting that long. But I remember the experience. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's a mix of um, special attraction and their special uh, effects, but we definitely have a lot of live actors too. So you'll see uh, or experience 50 to 60 live actors throughout the event, plus a lot of special effects. We have a, a kind of a claustrophobic room that'll close in on as you're walking through. We have mazes, Ooh. we have fog, we have, I don't want to give it away. We have a dedicated team of volunteers. Norma, you know, she's a trustee now. Uh, and still volunteers, but she started as, as one of our actors. And then the, the planning team, they call it Tinker Tuesdays. They they meet all year through. So it's not just a, you know, a planning thing. Every Tuesday they get together. And a lot of the special effects are, are built um, custom-made just for that event. So they'll spend the year building those, perfecting them, getting them ready. And it's, it's really fun to see what they create every year. I know from the last time I talked to you, I was amazed at how big the environment is there you've got multiple it looks like it's a, a red mill on a water and it's beautiful and whatever but i thought that's all there is you have multiple acres behind there we do we have 10 acres and 12 buildings and i always say that the red mill is our greatest asset and maybe our greatest detriment too because people don't see beyond the building and uh just this past weekend nj 101.5 had a, a nice online article saying that we were the most one of the most photographed buildings in the world. We, we claim most photographed in New Jersey, one of the most photographed in the country. Uh, 101.5 uh, has taken it and said we're one of the most in the world. Not sure about the world, but my take on that is experience more than a photograph. Come on out and visit us and you'll see those other, you know, those 11 other buildings, those 10 acres. We have a working blacksmith shop. Uh, we just finished the renovation on a tenant house and eventually the kitchen will be functioning in that. Uh, there's there's a lot to see on the property. We have a functioning greenhouse that showed how they sorted um, the stone within the quarry that's behind the red mill itself. So there's a lot more to it that, that people can come out and experience and have a lot of fun with, with their family. It's cool. I, I think as a realtor, I've probably been in uh, 
multiple thousands of houses in Hunterdon County. And I would say 90% of them has got a picture of that mill in it somewhere. It's almost like you can't live here without a picture of it. It, it pops up everywhere. And it's kind of fun because we've had people, I had somebody run the Boston Marathon. They stayed at a small B&B and they said every one of the rooms in the B&B had a Red Mill photo in it. I've had somebody stay in Tennessee and the hotel lobby had a Red Mill photo. It pops up everywhere. And in Marathon, Florida, it was? It was, I know they were running the Boston Marathon. Oh, the Boston they, they were, Marathon. They, yeah. And so they were up in Boston. So they were saying a little and bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's I would picture, be surprised if it's in Florida. <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, there's a picture online. I, I was looking up your your uh, LinkedIn, I guess it was on, of, of the water behind it. I guess the people who did whatever over the weekend took that picture. It's like an aerial picture. I yeah. didn't realize how much water was back there. Yeah, yeah. So it's the south branch of the Raritan River. I mean, it's a, it's a big water body. It splits off and it runs back into the Spruce Run Reservoir or, or comes you know out through there and back feeds. There's like two two branches there. But right. it that, that flows, if you're familiar with New Jersey and you're all the way out on 287 by exit 12, that's the same river that flows all the way out um, easterly out into the uh, the ocean there. Huh. I, I learn something every time I talk to you. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at your upcoming events, and you've got a paranormal investigation of St. Patrick's and a music and a kid's day and a Corvette show has got my interest. Um, how do you – do you have a, a, a committee that sort of decides this or the people who approach how – do how, do, how does an event become an event at the Red Mill? Sure. It's uh... – it's, I'm going to say it's magical. It's a mix of all of those things. So uh, my, you know, my assistant director is uh, Tim Doyle. And he's in charge of programs, and he's also in charge of our school tours. So it's his job to plan and schedule those, but it's done with a lot of volunteers, or we partner with a lot of different organizations and groups. So this year we're really excited. It's actually it's our 60th anniversary as a museum. So each of those events will have a little bit of a special twist to them. Uh, but, you know, the paranormal event, we uh, was actually an outside group called Jersey Paranormal Investigations, uh, they're their own nonprofit, and their goal is to do paranormal investigations to raise funds for the preservation of historic buildings. So they're very respectful of our buildings and uh, do a, a really amazing job kind of educating on the paranormal and letting people use their equipment to explore those buildings. But again, that's the partnership. Um, getting into Military Heritage Day, we partner with a lot of organizations there from uh, the local VFW uh, to the Quilt of Valor uh, association uh, we start the weekend off it's a two-day weekend presenting a quilt of valor to a, a military veteran that served in combat overseas uh, we work with the round mountain military museum which is uh, founded by a young local man who uh, is uh, I say very enthusiastic about uh, military heritage and preservation and he's one of our exhibitors at the at the show and helps us organize it so um, each event has its own group and interest and so you bring up the corvette show even uh it was a friend of mine that, that i've known for a long time through the car world and he's recently uh kind of re-sparked his interest in corvettes and uh joined a club and asked if they could host their show so this year is going to be our second uh, drive time corvette show uh and they manage the show and and uh, it's similar to the you know our british car show is in its 28th year and that's kind of the same thing it's managed by the uh you know north jersey austin healy club and uh, they manage the show they manage the you know the classes and the judging and uh, we just kind of manage the admissions and the flow and uh, right. have, have a fun day at the museum with, with all the wonderful cars so it's quite an event i mean i see saint patrick's coming up i would imagine that the, there'll be some libation there 
That was just always a given. So we, again, it's a partnership uh, with Friendly Sons of St. Patrick of Hunterdon County. And um, I'm currently serving as one of their trustees. So it's an amazing group that, you know, the sole purpose is just to raise funds to help out individuals and families in need within Hunterdon County uh, and then share the culture, uh, you know, the Irish heritage and culture. And, uh, the parade is one way that we do that. And, uh, and then there's an after party at the Red Mill itself. And that's the Sunday, March 12th. But on the 11th, uh, both Rotary, or both Friendly Sons and the Red Mill uh, partnered with North Hunter and Rotary. And the, the Rotary Club is doing a kids event. Uh, so it'll be a fam- family fun event with a lot of hands-on activities, uh, some, some cultural activities on that Saturday, the 11th. And there's a pub night the night before the parade uh, on the 11th. Uh, so it's a full kind of Irish weekend. I think the town is also planning some activities that uh, I'll have an update on. I haven't gotten all the final details, but uh, it's it's a place to be if you're looking to celebrate Irish heritage and culture uh, sure in, that weekend. It yeah. sure sounds it. I'm I'm thinking I I live not, I I can walk there. That's how close I live. And in effect, I don't get over there. It's like this, I, I discovered this during COVID. We said, you know, I've got all these places in Hunter and Somerset County. Why don't we start visiting some of them? And still, yeah. I didn't get to the Red Mill. I mean, I've been there in a couple of um, things that we've done there, but uh, not. I, I've never looked at the acres behind it. I've got to start coming. Well, yeah, you come visit us. You get the uh, the after party. I'll welcome you, and you definitely have to have to bring in your Corvette out to the Corvette show. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a to do thing. So. That's the event side. You also have tour sides where it's educational and informational. Yeah, so we have a variety. But the core of the tour program are our school tours. So we have about 4,000 school students come through every year, primarily in the spring. Uh, we're booked almost every weekday from uh, mid-April through June. And uh, they experience early colonial American life. We have uh, tour guides and we have um, docents. Like I said, our, black, our working blacksmith is there on the weekends, but he's there for the school tours. And um, then we also do um, have adult tours and we can cater those to certain topics, um, certain periods in time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, if there are senior groups in the area looking for a unique tour, uh, we do a lot of um, homeschool groups as well. Um, other summer camps will come out and, uh, and we're actually looking to bring back just um, we're generally a self-guided site on the weekends. Okay. But we're looking to bring back our docents uh, this summer starting in April and have some scheduled tours uh, because we're really excited. We're actually working on installing a uh, hydropower project in the red mill itself. So uh, a portion of the mill and eventually all of it will be powered by our water wheel. And that will become part of our tours. Wow. Does the rubber ducky thing happen there? Or is that just on the river? It's just, it's just on the river, but we're a great place to view it. Um, It is, I don't know. I should know the exact date, but I think it's July might be eighth or ninth this year. Uh, I have to look, but it's that weekend, usually that second weekend in July, and the Red Mill is uh, one of the best places to watch it happen. It's interesting. Um, I, I interviewed Dennis Sullivan, who's the mayor of Somerville. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever met Dennis. He's been there a long time, almost yeah. twenty-five years. And he said, "Before you come down, I want to walk you around town so that when we interview." we can talk about things we saw together and I'm interviewing him again two years later, uh, supposed to call him on the first and set that up to do. But he said, Dennis, I'd like to cover the history of Somerville mm-hmm. as well. Well, it turns out his wife, Marge is the historian. So we yeah. went, interviewed her twice and, and 
he got me to go to the uh, Four Generals tour, which was off for COVID for a couple of years. But the one thing I discovered at the Four Generals tour, and the first one was right on the edge of the parking lot of Target, right across from the ballpark, was they had slave quarters upstairs. Now, I've lived in New Jersey all my life. I never knew we had slaves in New Jersey. And by the time I did all four generals' houses, I knew an awful lot about the slaves in New Jersey. So we, we were, one, oddly enough, one of the last states to free the slaves. And uh, even on the Red Mill site, we just finished the Mulligan Tenant House. And there was an African-American man who was a laborer in the tenant house. Uh, he was a freed slave. His brother was still a slave on, on a local farm in Hunter County at the time. And so it's, it's a new story that we've discovered through census records and some of the records from the Mulligans. We saw where they, you know, the, his payment records. And then uh, he paid $30 for the year to live in the tenant house. Uh, and then he was paid as a laborer in their quarry. Huh. Yeah. There's, always, there's always connections. I'll, I'll just jump over. You said about Marge. Oddly enough, I was uh, speaking about her this morning because uh, in, in my role as executive director of the Red Mill, I've also become president of Preservation New Jersey, which is our statewide historic preservation organization. Um, and we advocate, for, obviously, for the preservation of historic structures. But I talk about how they impact the local economy and the economic development side of it. And uh, we just scheduled a walking tour this morning. I was on a call to schedule a Somerville walking tour as one of our uh, Preservation New Jersey activities for this year. So June 11th. Uh, we will be doing about an hour and a half walking tour finished up with a, a reception in one of the uh, local restaurants. Uh, so th there's a lot of history there. So she's scheduled to be one of the tour guides on that event. She's she's a neat person. And she, I mean, I'm, we want to talk about the Red Mill, but when she told me that when Somerville had 800 people living in Somerville, what was known as Somerville at that point in time, George Washington had 8,800 people there in 1788. And the horses were strewn out from Princeton to Morristown because they needed to graze and do horse type things. And it's just like mind boggling that this all went on. And then I talked to Walter Lane last month and he's the head of their economic development. He's got a bigger title than that. But I said, you've got this 250th anniversary coming up in 2026. He says, it's going to be a knockout show. You don't understand how much history happened right here in central New Jersey with the Revolutionary War. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. So did we literally have slaves besides what you mentioned in Hunterdon County at one point? Uh, as for, yes. And, and we haven't gone through. That's one thing that I say is kind of interesting about it is people think our museum is just a museum. We tell stories. We're still researching and learning more. So I will say that's one of the areas that we haven't spent a lot of time. And we're, we're learning more and more about it. So the numbers and where they were and the families they were associated with uh, is all start part of the story that started with the, 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 the gentleman. His name was Theodore Latin. And so all these stories kind of started with him and we found his brother out on another farm. And so we're learning more and more ourselves. And you'll see that as part of the stories that we share at the Red Mill as we learn more about them. And most of that's oral history. So there's probably very little written about it. It's, it's very, you're kind of deciphering records because in the census, you know, they're recorded as property or certain, right. you know, labor titles and trying to figure out um, who the, who they really were. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting. And like I said, we, we discovered our, our Theodore Latin uh, and he was freed and, and again, worked in the quarry. What was interesting is the Mulligans were paying him the same as the uh, Irish immigrants. Some of them were related to them that, that came over from Ireland. So there was no disparity in pay within the, the quarry 
Okay. Uh, that's maybe part of the story we're sharing too, because uh, Irish were definitely discriminated against as well. Right. Right. And uh, maybe the way that they viewed the world around them was slightly different. Uh, and, and so they're looking for a little bit more equality. That wasn't the case everywhere, but it was an interesting tidbit to our story at the Red Mill. So what years was that when he was working there? So he was there in the, uh, I, I, I should know the exact year, but I have to go back and look, but it was in the 1830s. Uh, really? When, when, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, that's 30, 40 years before the Civil War. 30 yes, years before the yes. Civil War. Yeah, our, the, the, the Mulligans that were um, there were, were strange in the way they came, too, because they were uh, Irish Catholic, and typically right. they came from the potato famine, but they were early settlers. Typically, the Irish that came before were Protestants, and they were more on the wealthy side looking for investment opportunities. Okay. And uh, so our site, some of the things predate, I guess, a, your typical timeline. Uh, because the Mulligans were a little bit ahead of the, the time. We don't really know why they came to America. Right. Uh, but they definitely were not were not wealthy looking to make investments. They came here to, to work, but they didn't come here again because of the famine. You can see later on family members joining them because of the potato famine. Yeah, uh, but that was, that was not in the 1900s, I think. Like yeah, 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 it was a little, yeah, it was a little before that, but it was but about that yeah. time. So it was quite a, quite a gap uh, from, from the Mulligans and a lot of the things that they had done and accomplished. History just fascinates me. I mean, I we have a place in the Keys that's a timeshare. We go down for three weeks each year. So I read about the building of the railroad in the Keys, which Flagler did. And he had all Irish and Scotch immigrants over. And the, it was it was finished in 1912, so it was before that. And, uh, and the, the, what the hell they went through. They said the mosquitoes were bigger than birds. <laughs> <laughs> can only imagine. Yeah, yeah you know, it's even the history. It's not necessarily Red Mill history, but we've actually shared this as a lecture. There's the uh, Pattenburg riots, which uh, was not too far from the Red Mill and, and near uh, actually cuts through Bethlehem Township. So it kind of goes with my, uh, right. uh, you know, I guess my oral story. And uh, it, it was it was um, after the Civil War. Uh, it was a, a, the tunnel. There was a train tunnel that was getting built through Jugtown Mountain to uh, transport coal back to Perth Amboy from from the Lehigh Valley and Jim Thorpe area. And uh, they had two camps. They had the freed slaves and they had the Irish. And the Irish had fought in the Civil War, hoping that that would take away some of their uh, disparity in, in, within society. And it really didn't. So they were stuck kind of in the same labor pool as now freed slaves. And they were resentful. And there was an actual riot. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of lives were, were lost. Uh, wow. And uh, it, it wound up going into to trial. Uh, but there was about three, four days of, let's say chaos. Um, and uh, so if you check it out, if anybody wants to t t check it out and Google the Pattenburg riots, uh, occasionally we'll host it as a lecture at the Red Mill. And there is also a book about it. You'd never think that there would be that kind of violent history uh, in this area, but uh, it's, it's an interesting story. Even today. I mean, this is my favorite hundred and county story is one out of every three houses I list. I have to go buy a lock for the front door. Because yeah. people just don't lock their doors. It's, it's that kind of bucolic country living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's the same yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's got it's uh, it's got it's got a lot of things. And um, I, I grew up in Middlesex County, touch in Edison area. And when we moved out here in 98, never looked back. Marilyn worked for um Rutgers Medical School in Piscataway. So she had to drive 26 miles each way each day. But once she got back home, she was she knew why we were here. And it's just, she said, 
every day she'd call me as she went around Round Valley and described the sunrise or the sunset. And it was like, it was always different. Um, it's it's a great place to live. I, I know I tell my office in Warren Wachung and um, I relocated over there because of the higher price points of the area. Mm-hmm. And so my, I, I do 50-50 across both Hunterdon and Somerset County. And people say, well, what's the difference between Somerset and Hunterdon County? I said, if you want to turn left at the horses or right at the cows, you're talking Hunterdon. I said, but Somerset's a great place. You're just not going to get that many square feet in acreage. You'll probably have a similar size house. You'll pay about 20% more because it's closer. So I get a lot of people can't find what they want in Somerset County and bring them over. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... It's unique. And I, I was, you were probably in the same conversation, but when they came up to visit the other side of New Jersey logo, I said, that's it. You guys got it. You nailed it. Yeah, it really is. It's perfect. Perfect moniker. Come, come to the other side of New Jersey. And, uh, and even like you said, kind of on that government side of what I do, we've definitely seen a lot of, of new families. I think throughout the pandemic, uh, people looked a little farther than they right. normally would because it allowed them to. And we have a lot of people that now can work from home. And what better place than I, I say Hunterdon? I'm not disparaging Somerset's beautiful, but what better place to work from home but to be home in, in Hunterdon and enjoy the open space, enjoy the it's a lot of um, passive recreation and trails and things that you can enjoy out here that you, you can't find other places. It's, it's a beautiful place. You do a little fly fishing in the evening. And uh, I know um, I walk around, I'm trying to know whether it's Hunts Mill here. There's a little lake. I go down and back and up and down a hill, and it's about 2.4 miles, just enough mild aerobics each day. Every day I see something different going on. Uh, it's We have, and one of my neighbors said, I've never seen it. I said, there's a fox in our neighborhood that has a chipmunk root. And he, I live in townhouses in Westgate. And this fox comes through about Maryland first song about 6.30 in the morning. He had this little root. Now, there might be one right in front of our house, and we can't see it because it's looking down versus looking across the street. And I know who it was. You know him, Steve Bailey, who used to be in yes, yes. inspector. I had yes. breakfast with him on Thursday or Friday. And he says, I never knew we had foxes in here. And I said, you've lived here. I'm only I'm, I'm new compared to you. <laughs> so, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Actually, in, in Bethlehem Township, if you want to check out, we have a Bethlehem Township Community Bulletin Board um, Facebook page. Right. And one of our residents has a uh, trail cam, and his property is the hotbed for, you'll see bear, fox. There's even, uh, I believe it was a bobcat came came by one night. Uh, and then you get your typical deer and bunnies. and But he's got, he's got the spot, and people look for it. And, uh, and it's pretty cool to see if you have time to check out our page. I'll have to take a look because Bob Amo, who you probably know, had one from when he lived out in the Dakotas, and he had this log across the stream, and the thing was on that, and he was showing what went across that log in the course of a night or two nights. It was yeah. just freaking amazing. It, it is. It's mind-boggling. Like I said, it's funny with the fox. Like I said, I'll, you know, I have one of the cameras at my house. This fox, uh, he's got better time than my watch because it's like you know nine o'clock every night. He's got the same route that he must traverse because uh, it trips the camera but it's the same time every single Isn't day amazing so they're that i didn't realize that they would be that yeah. habitual if that's the right word yeah um i don't know i love it i we we have thoroughly enjoyed one of our kids moved out here with us lives up in Hoopsbury now and uh um, it's just been a great place to live and things like the red mill and all the things that are going on there are uh 
are part of it. And even even the fishing, uh, Marilyn and I were both fishing. So when we got into our, when you get past 65, you can fish for free in New Jersey, we discovered. So we'd go up the Round Valley and fish in the evening and watch people put their boats in and out was a show of its own. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, We've seen people spend an hour and a half to get a sailboat with a catamaran out on that lake. And he probably spent about a half hour out there and then he spent another hour and a half to get that thing back on the <laughs> truck. And we said, I'm sure he enjoys it, but that seems like a lot of work for a half hour ride. Yeah. Boat ramps can be fun to watch. It is. It is. And it was because the water's so far down, you, you can, you can, you can see a lot more too. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we were at the Grand Canyon two years ago, and uh, like Lake Mead, we literally flew. We were going to take a helicopter. We had so many people on a bus tour because everybody was doing the same thing. You couldn't go to Europe or any place, so you'd see in the country. And um, Lake Mead was like 135 feet down, so it's not like just us. But I understand out there it's filled up quite a bit this year. Hopefully, we'll see some of the same. Uh, hopefully we'll see it in the reservoirs, but yeah, you know, it's all part of it. I mean, the Red Mill and and those you know natural, um, I guess experiences. Like I said, the passive kind of passive recreation, but even the Red Mill is more uh, you know a choice and more planned. But that's part of what the experience is in Hunter County. It's part of the it's part of the lifestyle. It's part of even I always say economic development because it's it's a, it's an experience that people want to have and be around, and it's a a support for the community. Uh, you know, oftentimes I'll talk about. With with our school tours, we'll you know we'll employ as many as thirty one people, um, and, and and not all full time, but it, it helps out with the economy because it's people that um, some are retirees, some are college students, and uh, and that that part time job makes a difference, and then all the people coming to visit uh, in Clinton and, and Hunterdon County, uh, we see at least twenty thousand visitors every year. So wow. uh, we're we're excited about the, the the kind of the culture and the history and things that we share, but we're proud of the contributions we make to the um, economic development and growth of, of Hunter County as well. The only negative I ever heard, and it was from a college grad level, was there's nothing to do at nights out here. And I said, isn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> We've got a slight solution, actually. I should say there was something a little interesting at the Red Mill. It's still not, we're not going to go late at night. Uh, but the Red Mill, uh, last year, uh, the town worked with us and changed some zoning. And uh, we actually have a club liquor license. So if you're a museum member, Right. Uh, from this year, from Labor Day until Memorial Day, on Friday and Saturday nights, you can come over to the Red Mill and uh, we have uh, craft beer and wines and eventually we'll be adding full mixed drinks uh, with light music and Adirondack chairs along the river. And it's, a, it's just a nice way to finish out your evening in Clinton where it will be open till nine o'clock at night. So not Wonderful. not overly late, but it's a again it's that unique experience because I mean, Wonderful. not to disparage any restaurant or bars, but I mean, what, what better experience to come on out, have a nice drink along the river, share and socialize with your friends uh, as as a member of our museum. And Friday Friday afternoon, I had Bob King on talking about craft beers, and I learned so much from our conversation. Uh, I didn't realize that sixty five percent of his product is sold off site. I, I'm learning that myself, uh, especially now that we're, we're we're kind of one of the buyers. I'd say of that. Right. Um, Lone Eagle uh, is is one of the craft breweries that we work with at the Red Mill. But yes, I think uh, people don't realize it's a big big industry, and, and a lot of it is sold outside of their their actual establishments. It's uh, it's a unique place, and it's a lifestyle. And I know Marilyn's other son lived out south of LA, and that was a lifestyle. I mean, it was a different lifestyle. But you get out there, and you realize this is different. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like um, 
if you come to Hunterdon County, it doesn't take long to get into the, you're in the country, yet you're, you're not that far from everything. And there's a lot to do if you want to go out and do it. And at the same time, it's so nice. Our first house was on uh, Crystal Drive. We were on Free Acres. We had our own park in the backyard. We had the boxes in the backyard coming in to yeah, see us. Yeah, so yeah. Um, it's rural enough that even in develop subdevelopments, it's rural. And it is. It's it's a great place. Well, I learned a lot about the Red Mill. Uh, what did I not ask you about that you'd like to mention? I think just I'm going to touch back again. It's our it's our 60th anniversary as a museum this year, so. Uh, we'll have some special events uh, surrounding that. We have a documentary coming about out about the water wheel replacement that we uh, finished in 2020. And that water wheel we're going to be using to power the Red Mill through a hydropower plant this year. So there'll be some special events tied around that. And uh, again, really just excited to be celebrating 60 years uh, as a museum within the community. Super. And if somebody has never been here, what's the first trip tour they should take? Uh, to, inside the Red Mill yeah. itself. Yeah, I would say if you come on out on, on our Sunday afternoons, if you look at our website, it'll be starting in April because we're open on weekends now, but the, the guided tours don't start till April. Come on out and you'll get the full, uh, I would say, experience of both the mill and the quarry operation that's on our site. And again, being a museum for 60 years, we'll share some of the history of the museum and how we created what you're experiencing today. Wonderful. I'm going to do that myself. You're going to send me on a future tour. So. I, will look, I will look forward. Maybe I told I'll jump you that in. the I'll, last I'll time be... we talked, it didn't happen. Well, I say if you let me know, I'll jump in and I'll, I'll be your tour guide. How's that? We'll have some extra oh, fun that, that day. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I, I think we accomplished what we're trying to do. We talked about the events. We talked about the mill itself and some history. We talked about the... Uh, the educational for the children, which is something I'm always interested in. It's amazing what you can learn from history. I just, just a brief side tour. I, I've just read Greek into Roman history. And do you realize the last 800 years of Roman history, Italy wasn't part of the Roman Empire? It was the Byzantine Empire. I, 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 I did know, but it's, it's amazing to, to yeah. realize that. Yeah. Just a sample of that. It's history is so yeah. amazing because you get these presumptions. I was talking to my daughter yesterday and, and we we're watching the game and she's in Cyril and I'm here. We're texting back and forth. And I said, where do you think Arrowhead Stadium is? She says, in Kansas City. I said, where do you think Kansas City is? She says, it's in Kansas. I said, nope. Kansas City, Kansas, a little town. Kansas City, Missouri is the Kansas City it's in. And she said, I don't believe you. I said, look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had somebody that worked with me that shared that years ago. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known that. But there is there's a lot of things we presume and a lot of things to be learned from, from history and from each other. I was, always, I was always in retail and I was always in technology. So I ran, for example, I ran application development and systems programming for Macy's Herald Square. We had 11,000 people in one building, a logistical nightmare, all of its own. But I got into consulting in the second half of my retail life. And I went out to, because Kansas City was the biggest airport nearby, I had to go to St. Joe, Missouri. And we were... We're closing the old downtown store. Uh, I can't remember the name of it in St. Joe, Missouri. And the only thing St. Joe, Missouri was ever known for is that's where the Pony Express started. 
Oh. At five o'clock at night, all the lights went on blinking and everybody went to the outskirts, which is where all the Walmarts and the restaurants were. So it was a typical downtown. We're talking good grief. This had to be in the early 80s, in the mid 80s. So wow. Wow. today it's probably a ghost town. Well, this has been cool. I always enjoy talking to you. I'll see you one of these future weekends. And give me a second. I'm going to stop the recording. Wow, what a wealth of information Paul Muir has shared with us. I think you can see, as the longtime executive director of the Red Mill, Paul has a passion for this project. He enjoys what he does, and he takes a lot of pride in offering it out to the public. Paul also asked me to mention that they have a special offer where if you come up to the Red Mill and there's a wait list, you can sign in, go out to dinner locally, bring your receipt back, and go right to the front of the line. It uh, allows you to combine not only the Red Mill event, but with one of our fine local restaurants. Please frequent the Red Mill and enjoy. And in effect, you can find a lot of information on the podcast site as well as a link to the Red Mill website. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker Sales Associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his client's best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.